Welcome to the Student Affairs Spectacular, the weekly podcast giving you a front row seat to the greatest student affairs show on earth. And now your ringmasters, Tom Kriegelstein and Dustin Ramsdell. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Student Affairs Spectacular podcast. Dustin here and this is episode number 115 with Dr. Ed Cabellan uh, returning to the show this week. Uh, he was one of our first guests, so it's really great to have him back. Uh, and I was just looking uh, for an excuse to have him back. So we talked about his uh, doctoral process, his journey from start to finish of uh, how he decided that this was a good step for him to take and kind of invest the time and money and effort into doing that and just lessons that he's learned from uh, that process. So uh, anybody else who's thinking about going into a program or about to go into a program, uh, really great stuff for you here or uh, just good tips for that doctoral student in your life. Uh, anyone know that's going through this process, uh, just great stuff to share with them. And um, I know we did have a, an episode before uh, on this topic, but uh, just something that's always great to hear, uh, you know, people's unique stories of uh, this uh, intense journey that they've got on. So really appreciate uh, Dr. Cabellan coming on and chatting with us and returning to the show. Uh, really grateful for that and grateful for uh, all of you listening and uh, really appreciate if you could uh, take a few minutes out of your day to leave us a review on the iTunes store. Um, helps us out, helps uh, more people hear about all the great stuff we talk about every single week. Uh, and if you leave us a review, we will be uh, randomly selecting folks to get a free copy of our uh, new ebook first-year student to first-year success uh, that we've chatted about uh, on past episodes of this podcast. So really appreciate you doing that. Appreciate you listening again. And uh, without further ado, this is episode number 115 with Dr. Ed Cabellan. Hi, Dustin. How are you? I'm doing all right. Um, yeah, it seems like uh, just with this uh, scheduling stuff, here, like I guess uh, you're going, are you going like out and about a lot right now? Or is it just like uh, just kind of busy days in the summer still for you? Or like, I guess what's keeping you busy here in the summer season? Uh, well, you know, like um, I'm not in a functional area anymore. So I'm in the I'm in leadership. So yeah. being in the being in the central office means that you're busy all year. It doesn't doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, of course, things are busy. I mean, there's busier times, but we just finished June orientation. We're transitioning into a new um, interim vice president. We have our new dean of students who just started. People are taking vacations here and there. Plus, this fiscal year closed because the fiscal year ends on June 30th. So we have we're scrambling to get things done for that. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's busy, man. <laughs> yeah, just so much different than like you know I'm just sort of you know starting out my career, just like you're saying like in that in that leadership role that like 30,000 feet up like it's just a totally different game. Like it is, it's like all those things, you know, it's like, yep, those are all things that are going on. And like in those functional areas, yeah, it's, it's sort of ebb, oh, yeah. ebb and flow for them. But for you, it's like, yeah, you got to think about all that stuff all the time, you know, like it's always sort of on your mind, like uh, sort of what's the, the next thing, I guess, or all of it kind of happening at once of like maybe processing something after it happened, planning for a thing to happen and then a thing actually happening. Like, yeah, it's, it's always, always something. Always, man. Always yeah. something. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I uh, just looked up because I wanted to see what it was um, that you were one of our first podcast guests. Uh, the episode we recorded back in like February of 2014. That was like our fifth episode that went out. So, um, oh, my God, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I appreciate you being one of our early guests. And it sort of had this thought in my head of like the uh any of the guests we knew, like we uh, really enjoyed, and who have like you know a lot of different stuff to talk about since the episode we did before, which is really specifically on essay fit. But I wanted to um, talk to you now that it is uh, 
uh, a completed uh, endeavor of yours, your doctorate, and kind of what was going into that for you and stuff. So, um, yeah, I appreciate you taking the time up before for that early episode. Appreciate you coming back to the show here. And of course, um, no problem. Yeah. Um, so, I guess I mean back then you were still in the thick of it, right? If, so back, if you can pinpoint it, maybe any like. Uh, benchmarks or milestones so back in like february 2014 you were in the thick of it like in the process of doing your doctorate right oh yeah yeah oh yeah yep 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 um, so like what was going on for you then as part of that process because you know sort of i guess comparing it to now like what, what was going on for you then if you can remember yeah so i was in coursework beginning of my coursework for my doctoral program and i think it was just trying to learn how to be a student again i mean i had waited 13 years from my master's to my my doctorate to go back to school. So um, even though I've been working in higher ed um, for during that time, being a student again was a bit of a transition. So I had to learn what it meant to read, write, and you know analyze things in a way that was not administrative because you get to you get used to executive summaries and memos with a lot of bullets in it, quick short emails. Now you're being asked to completely change your style of writing back into academic writing, and not just academic writing, but doctoral student-level writing that's going to prepare you to write a dissertation. So it took me about a semester to find my groove in that way. Um, and for some, it's easier than others. So I transitioned okay. Like It was, it was challenging, but I, I got it. Um, others... A lot of my cohort, you know, still struggled all the way to the end. It took them longer to write things than it may have taken me to write things, and vice versa, depending on what the assignment was. So, um, I think for any new doc student who is about to embark on that journey or is in it right now, they can relate, I'm sure, to the shifting mindset of being a student. Mm, yeah. Well, something that I wanted to, because we talked to. Um, Cindy Kane, I think that was one of our early episodes last season, um, pretty much like fresh fresh off of her doctorate, and, and I'm sure we explored some of this as well, but I'm curious to hear for you. So like all that considered, you know, uh, all that kind of transition and just kind of like getting back into being a student again, what went into that decision for you? Because there had to be kind of that, that point where it's like, okay, we're, we're doing this, or I know if you maybe went into it a little bit, like I know some people might kind of ease into it more, you know, just how... How did you get to that decision to where you felt that this was something that you definitely wanted to do and commit to and you know see through to the end? Sure. So I think professionally, you get to a point where you are a functional specialist in your job um, for many years where you um, you figure out, okay, I'm really good at student activities or I'm really good at leadership programs or I'm really good at being a hall director or you know even in central office leadership as an assistant director or a program coordinator. And then you start thinking, huh, maybe I do want to be in the central office and do more 30,000 foot leadership you know opportunities where I'm overseeing departments or overseeing special projects or doing things that aren't function specific but more cross divisional specific or cross university specific. And a lot of those positions now require a doctorate, particularly if you want to be an assistant vice president, um, a dean of students, um, or a vice president someday. The doctorate is the minimum to get to get that job, unless you work at a small school and work your way up um, to a point where they they put you in that job because you're the you know 
you're the best qualified person for the job at the time, regardless of your degree. So I knew, you know, and I had I had taken cues from other colleagues who went back right away for their doctorates and graduated at a younger age with their doctorates, but not a lot of experience. And they found it very challenging to find jobs because they became more expensive with the doctorate, right? So um, the challenge is finding that sweet spot of when do you go back so that you maximize the actual value of the degree compared to the amount of experience you have. And mentors of mine told me early on that you don't go back for the doctorate until you know your next job needs it, right? So when I was director of the student union here at Bridgewater, I started thinking about it. I was like, all right, my next job probably going to be AVP or some central office kind of gig. I'm going to need that doctorate if I'm going to be competitive, so I should probably start looking into programs. And I looked at EDD programs, PhD programs, in-person, cohort, online, hybrid, you know, soup to nuts, everything that I would want to know about various doctoral programs. And at the end of the day, you know, the whole PhD versus EDD kept coming up. And I chose an educational doctorate, an EDD program, which was um, at Johnson & Wales and a cohort model, um, a three-year program specifically because, you know, the PhD for me, while I admire all of my colleagues who've gotten their PhD, it wasn't really for me. Um, I know some of them wanted to be in the classroom. Some of them didn't. I had heard from some people that if you want to be definitely in the classroom or if you want to be like a tier one research institution, you should probably get your PhD over your EDD. Mm. But I really, I really never heard any compelling reason other than saying I have a PhD in terms of time, cost, effort, you know, like, you know, I feel like I had a, rig a pretty rigorous program at Johnson & Wales over the three years I did it. Um, and I would argue that my, my doc, my doctorate or my education rivals PhD programs that currently exist. Right. So, um, some people have the time, the resources and the stamina to go through a four five, six year PhD program. I was not one of them because I had a young family. We were already taking out a lot of money, you know, to do this program. I couldn't pay out of pocket for a doc program. Mm -hmm. So I took out a good share of loans as well, you know, so Financially, the time of my in my life, the three-year EDD program cohort in-person model at Johnson and Wales made the most sense. So, um, that's a it's a long answer to your question, but I think it's, <laughs> but I, but I think it's important because it's just not you know like I know Cindy's program. It's an excellent program at Nebraska. It wouldn't it wouldn't have been something that I was interested in, and vice versa. I'm sure she looked at. Johnson and Wales or thought about Johnson and Wales and probably ended up not wanting that type of program. So everyone's different. And I think we have to respect everyone's journey um, to the doctorate. And I, and I really hope people start using the doc, the term doctorate over, I know it's going to be hard, but you know, when you describe your doctorate, people just automatically say, Oh, you got your PhD. And I have to keep saying, actually I got an EDD, you know, like that whole, like, mm -hmm. actually, no, I have a, you know, so um, it's interesting now being on the other side, you know, oh, Dr. Cabellan, you know, you, where'd you get your PhD? And it's, and I, oh, well, you know, I'm starting to get used to it now. Just be like, oh, actually I have an educational doctorate, EDD, which is a different degree, but it's still a doctorate, you know? So, um, yeah, anyway, now I'm rambling. I'm sorry. I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. It's, it's a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Cause I think that's part of, um, you know, it goes into, uh, 
you know, so many things in life is just like appreciating someone's like journey and their choices and what they choose to do. And um, so certainly always good to, uh, to repeat it and uh, emphasize it more. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate you just going into like all those things that kind of went into your decision process, you know, cause it's, yeah, just thinking of all those other people out there that uh, are considering it and when's the right time to do it and what, what kind of program might be best and all those sorts of things. So it's good to, you know, just get all that information and compare things and figure out what's what's going to be valuable to you and um, go for it versus, you know, yeah, like, well, everybody else is doing this or I think, you know, like do it for, for you and for reasons that make sense for you. And um, yeah, I mean, there's so much that goes into it. Yeah, for, for finances and for time and for yeah what your goals are and um, all that kind of stuff. And um, well, I guess it sort of leads in. So I'll ask this as kind of a segue question to the next question. Mm-hmm. When when you started and I don't know if it's like a requirement for doctors to have like a concrete idea or some idea, did you know for sure, like what you wanted, like your focus to be like your thesis and all that kind of stuff? Like, did you know going in like, Oh, this is definitely like what I'm going to, you know, get into for this. Like how, how much was it materialized? Like that final product that you presented, how much of that was there at the beginning? So one of the things that I went into the program after a lot of, you know, friends and colleagues who went through programs had shared with me was the idea of if you know you're passionate about certain topic areas, go into the doctoral program, into your coursework, knowing a few topic areas that you're interested in, but allow yourself the process of going through the coursework to allow for other topics and other um, interests to arise. Because, you know, I think I think half of my cohort maybe over half, I'm, I'm thinking now back, when it had an idea when they came into the program. Like, I think I'm going to do something. Like, for me, obviously, it was going to be around technology. Like, it was mm-hmm. not a question whether I was going to do a dissertation in technology. It was what piece of that huge technology pie that I was going to take a sliver of. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, I went in knowing it was going to be in tech. To what degree? I think I started, my real interest at the time was the use of Twitter to retain first-generation students at public higher education institutions. Like that was my like, because I worked at Bridgewater and we were just starting to use, we had used Twitter for a while and I'm like, I wonder if there's a correlation or if there's a relationship or is there something that I could explore for a dissertation. Mm -hmm. Um, And then fast forward to my dissertation topic, which was a 10 year historical analysis of um, how student affairs administrators use digital technology tools is completely different than what I started with. I was in social media, and I and I ended up with a topic around digital technology tools, including social media. So, I think people should go in with a few ideas of interest topics and whatnot. But you got to trust the process. You got to trust the coursework to flush out some of the other things that. I mean, some people want to solve the world's problems with their dissertation. And you know, there's an old saying about a done dissertation. A good dissertation is a done dissertation. That's like partly true because you want your dissertation to be good, not just done. Do you know what I mean? So um, I think it should be done well. I think that's the missing element. You know, you want your dis- a, du- a good dissertation is a done dissertation that's, you know, done well. So um, that was embedded in us when we first started. And I think it served us well throughout the program. Yeah. 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 Cool. That's interesting to hear. Yeah. You kind of had like the sandbox that you would play in, but you didn't have to be like, you know, super focused right from the beginning, but it, it kind of, yeah, I got fleshed out during the time you were studying. And, um, 
like it, and something I'm curious because yeah, the segue would be just like so being in that process, you, you sort of acknowledge some of the um, you know kind of tra- transition difficulties of just like getting into the rhythm of being a student again. I guess maybe for this, like more about like what was it like for you to. Um, yeah, I guess that how much was like the, the coursework maybe like new to you or just maybe confirming things from your experience of just like, oh, that's that's a theory or a concept that just explains this phenomenon, which I've already sort of encountered in the world. And like, um, so I guess maybe something on that. And I guess I'm also curious, like getting into the research, did you feel like was that like sort of a, a you were prepared well, maybe through your program or is that like a comfortable thing to get into? So like, what was it like being in the thick of it, just getting into the the courses with the content, but then also like doing the research. Cause I feel like that's something that, you know, is, is probably going to be foreign to a fair amount of people who would go into a doctorate. So the doctoral coursework, um, served two purposes for me. The first was it introduced me to research methods. So, you know, you go into an educational doctoral program seeking to become a educational researcher. So, you know, research one, you know, and research two for me were my courses that helped me explore how I was going to conduct, you know, a study to become a dissertation. So for me, the research courses, even though there were stats involved and, you know, quantitative versus qualitative or mixed, like all the, there's hundreds, there's, there's so many different ways you can conduct a study. That for me was um, not life-changing, but eye-opening because it now serves me well as I think about assessment and research as a you know as a scholar practitioner. I now have a better sense of how would we ask those questions and um, how do we conduct focus groups better. Like that definitely has served me well um, in terms of the topical areas. So whether it's you know higher administration or finance or other you know we were trained the program the EDD program at Johnson Wales worked. It was was the curriculum was focused on training future leaders in in higher education. Uh-huh. So executives, um, vice presidents, assistant vice presidents. That's what the the coursework of the program was preparing us for. So those courses, when it was content driven, was really testing my chops against my experience and hearing from other people who may have worked at different types of institutions, whether and in different roles, right? So not everyone in my program was in student affairs. As a matter of fact, of our nine person cohort, only two of us were in traditional student affairs jobs at the time. Hmm. So so it was nice to hear from other people who were faculty, some people who wanted to be provosts, some people wanted to be department chairs, some people wanted, you know, some people were there just to um, explore the whole pr- the process of get, becoming a doctor because they wanted the letters, you know? So. Hmm. It was interesting hearing from people from all parts of the university administratively and in leadership conversations when you'd be given a case study, how would you fix it? You know, everyone came to the table with some great ideas and perspectives that you normally wouldn't get if you just sat in a room full of student affairs folks, right? So I think that um, that process and that um, experience solidified the idea that cross-divisional partnerships are always better when you're trying to solve complex problems involving students than just all student affairs folks with a similar mindset. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 That's really good. So, point. That, that's good. That's cool. That it was, it was like kind of different people in a room for those classes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Cause I guess I, I, it's surprising to me, but I'm, you know, I'm glad that it was that way. And I guess I, I expected that, 
um, it probably would have been a lot of similar people. But yeah, especially in a classroom environment where you you know ideally and you know in a perfect world be encouraged to like you said sort of get all those heads together to come up with better solutions and stuff and that you know you can kind of uh, you know learn from each other and then bring that back to your campuses to you know in whatever role that you might have kind of do that good work and um, yeah and I guess uh, so kind of going you know I was trying to kind of go chronologically with everything um, so you know you're done now you know you got uh, you know you got the letters as you said and all that and so how I was kind of like asking before, like, I'm curious, like what's next for you? You're going to kind of like take the show on the road a lot or like, are you yeah. just kind of like, like just really trying to, you know, bring it back to, you know, your day to day. Like what's your thought process and kind of, like, kind of where you take it from here. Well, I finished, I finished in February. Um, and so, you know, I've had a few months to start really thinking about what I want to do next. Now that you know, my time will be, spaced and spent differently. Um, but ironically, the semester was so busy for us at the institution for a variety of reasons that I haven't really had a chance to to pause. And when you couple that with writing projects I was a part of, so Josie Alquist, Dr. Josie Alquist and I are um, excited to be publishing our first book together. Um, it's a New Directions for Student Services Um uh, source book. Um, it'll come out in the fall called Engaging the Digital Generation. And we're co-editors on the project. And so it's a six chapter book. We're really, really excited about it. But it was happening. We were editing the book in in conjunction with me trying to finish my dissertation deadlines with Josie Bass and Wiley trying to get them back to the publisher in time. And then couple that with another writing project. So Dr. Dr. Paul Gordon Brown and I are co-authoring a chapter for a new directions for student leadership book um and so that was due you know roughly around the same time as the new directions for student services source book was due so i've had like writing projects in the queue knowing that when i was finished i wanted to continue to write and edit and keep that brain fresh because i'd be coming off the dissertation but you know so i really haven't had much time to think oh yeah i have had time to think but (laughs) It's, it's just different because administratively you get into your into your work habits again and then you start really pouring yourself back into work that you couldn't do before, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to really start um, writing again on my blog. I just feel like it's been pretty dormant because I haven't had capacity to write on my site as much as I used to. So I do have a number of things I'm preparing for the summer that's going to help, you know, because I reform, you know, I, I had my I had my site redesigned, uh, you know, because it was really starting to look dated. And so that was exciting, but then it's like, all right, now I got to start putting content up. So I think, you know, exploring uh, writing opportunities, um, looking at ways to be involved with NASPA and ACPA um, in whatever capacity I can in in leadership opportunities. So exploring those, Um, you know, Bridgewater has been great to me, but I'm always looking ahead to other opportunities that might be now that I have a doctorate might be out there that weren't available to me before. Um, so I'm open, like I'm really just allowing myself to hear what's out there for opportunities and partner with people and organizations that I've partnered with before or not. Um, but when you earn your doctorate, it's funny, like you go through this, like this, this, uh, when I first like heard my name say that way and introduced that way, it was almost like this imposter syndrome, like who? Oh wait, that's me. That's me. Oh, okay. That's me. So, um, 
you know, I'm starting to own it a little bit more. I'm trying to own it a little more because, you know, you work so hard and you sp- you, you, you really, I mean, I sac- you sacrifice a lot of, t- you know, I sacrifice family time, um, things at work that weren't getting done to the, the way I'd wanted to get done um, because you just simply can't do it all, right? So and now I'm trying to become, you know, trying to find my spot back in that, um, in, my fa- in, in the family life, trying to, re- you know, when you are essentially gone every weekend because you're writing and editing and whatever, your family creates structures so that they can just do what they need to do without you. So now I've been re-entering into the family dynamic, trying to find spots to, you know, to be part of the family again and to, you know, do whatever I have to do. So that's been fun to re-enter that dynamic at work, just trying to do the same thing. Um, but that there really are so many things that one can do after the doctorate. I'm already going to be published, which is going to be fun. Um, so now it's like, okay, what's the next opportunity? So anyone listening to this podcast who wants to collaborate on something, hit me up. Let's go. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, yeah, and I just feel like you're saying of like sort of, you know, hearing your name said like with, you know, the new title and stuff like that would be because I'm like humble to a fault sometimes. It would be like, you know, you've worked – so hard for it and then like if i feel like at times i'd be like oh no you don't have to like say the fancy time but it's like no i did like yeah it's like a huge opportunity cost to do this it's like be proud of it like it's good like you said like sort of like right. get comfortable with it and flaunt it and not just like like oh no it's not a big deal you know it's not like whatever you know uh but <laughs> i just remember the first time a student sent me an email and it started with dr cabellan and i'm like oh shit that's me okay cool you know <laughs> and then sign and then signing it still with my name like just i signed it ed because that's how i'm used to signing my name and they reply well dr cabellan i'm like okay this is how it's going to be all right i'll just own it right mm-hmm. so even now my faculty at johnson and wales like i know their first names and they can they sign their emails to me now with their first names i can't bring myself to call them their, i'm they are dr ward dr billups dr kite you know dr DePaul. like i have to call them that because that's just how I know them. It's really hard to make that mental switch. So I can imagine students who meet you for the first time and see your name presented that way. Of course, that's how they're going to call you. So I, I kind of have to own the fact that it's just reciprocal and that you kind of just go with it. So, mm. yeah, yeah. It's, you know, I guess it's good to hear that because I think yeah, like I could be. I guess I don't know what the right word it like sort of dangerous I guess if you just like came barreling out the gate you know sort of like oh I'm just gonna like you know once I get the doctor then I'm gonna do this and then I'm gonna do that and then I'm gonna do this like it's like you're, you yeah. kind of had your like you know head down and the grindstone sort of thing and like now you can kind of lift your head up and just like yeah see what's see what's out there see what opportunities come across and like you know it's great to hear too that like because I think that's you know for most people would be a huge opportunity cost it's just like yeah i mean it, it just for the past couple of years i haven't been able to spend as much time with my family so it's just nice to be able to have that time back so it's like you know uh, it is uh, like you said it was interesting of just entering into like pre-established routines where it's like hey guys yeah. i'm back like i, I can Absolutely. do stuff like um but yeah so it's good like you're just like open to what's next and um, i'm i'm certain that a lot of cool things will come your way with just uh yeah i mean it, it's like uh you know, good timing, like you said, of just like getting these uh, new publications out, uh, you know, right afterwards. And it, I guess, well, I'll, see, I'll try and see if I can find them at least, because I'm sure there's probably like just a, a landing page or something that I might be able to find just so folks could check them out. But well, I guess on that with like the things that you're contributing to and um, maybe anything that was like really impactful for you during uh, 
you know, your doctoral process, um, any resources, just since we always like to just share good stuff out with people, anything that comes to mind that you'd want to just give a tip of the hat to for, uh, for us to include in the show notes. Yeah, so I did write a, a, a post on my site early on about advice for new doctoral students, and that still holds true today. So I would, I would check that out under, um, you know, in my site. I can't uh-huh. think of the name of the of the link right now, but I can always email it later to you. Sure. Um, and then, you know, PhD comics. Like if you search for that on Google, like it just gives you, it, it. It helps with the humor when you're in the when you're in the thick of writing and reading, writing, researching, editing. Like, and it's just this constant loop of, oh, here we go again. And you know, you can feel so isolated because really you are on your. Once you hit the dissertation phase, you are isolated. Like there's no question about it. And you try and get together with your cohort. Um, if you had a cohort, if you're doing a program specifically online and you really don't know or you haven't made friends with the other folks on the other side, it's I, I can I can't imagine. I mean, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's fine because folks do it, but um, it's the cohort that got me through my program. To kudos to those who were able to do it purely online. Um, you know, I like the in-person stuff with 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 my EDD program. So um, I certainly would say that PhD comics are a great uh, source of um, entertainment when you're when you're needing it. Um, there's a great book out there by Carol Roberts called The Dissertation Journey that I would highly recommend to anyone starting a program or rereading it right before you start your dissertation phase. Um, that book, I got it digitally on Amazon, really helped me focus when I was really feeling, particularly during the literature review phase of my of my dissertation because that's where people will can fall down a black hole if they're not careful, if they're not focused on their lit review. So um, I would say those things would be great resources for folks. Mm. Yeah, good stuff. Um, so yeah, so yeah, we'll have all the stuff in the uh, in the show notes that we've talked about for this episode, and certainly yeah, ways for folks to connect with you if they've got a. a you know, kind of a burning idea for something to collaborate on. and um. Yeah, I would also add, Dustin, that, um, you know, the essay doc hashtag is a great hashtag, a community of folks from student affairs who are doing their doctoral programs. PhD chat hashtag is a great, another place to ask questions, particularly those who are looking for research methodology questions, um, you know, data collection advice. I forgot to mention those. Those are, those are Twitter hashtags that help get me through the program, too. Nice. Cool. Um, so yeah, so we will end the episode here as we always do in uh, true essay chat fashion uh, with whatever final thought that you'd like to end the episode with. Yeah, I, I want to just give a shout out to those currently um, in programs, uh, give a shout out to those who are going to be beginning programs this summer or fall, um, and to those in dissertation phase. Um, you know, everyone's journey is different, and um, you know, certainly the only limitations I believe that we set on each on ourselves are um, are through our own limitations, the things that we we believe. So, um, there's a community of folks out there who want to see you finish and get through and get, earn those letters. So, make sure you use the community whenever possible to get you through. Um, you don't have to feel alone. You got you you got people behind you. So, shout out to all those essay doc folks out there. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff here that I'm sure will be helpful to folks. And yeah, just uh, yeah, like you said, like the Twitter uh, hashtags and the communities out there, like you said, just to help folks connect with each other if they need some support and some good resources uh, that we'll have as well. And um, yeah, yeah, I appreciate you sharing your story. And um, you know, this is like it's always just something that people are 
uh, you know, we'll be curious about and just hearing uh, different people's unique stories. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's interesting to hear kind of how the whole the whole process went for you. And uh, yeah, just thank you for taking the time to uh, chat on the podcast here again. And uh, yeah, just have a good rest of your day and I'll talk to you later. All right, Dustin. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you want to help us out, leave us a review and rating on Stitcher or iTunes, or just share out the show so other people can find all the cool stuff we talk about every single week. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Student Affairs Spectacular Podcast.